Hey everyone, welcome back to Thoughtful Intentions. I'm your host, Fiona Winch, and today I'm joined by my dear friend, Natalie Brown. Designer Natalie Brown founded her clothing brand, NMB New York, in October 2020. The brand is based on her thesis collection from Parsons School of Design, where she graduated in 2020 with honors in fashion design following an undergraduate degree in art from Elon University. The Peachtree City, Georgia native now calls New York home. She started her brand with an aim to create clothing that allowed people to embrace their individuality and feel empowered by what they wear, feel good, look good, and do good. Natalie wanted to create the clothing that she wanted to wear but could not find. NMB New York designs are based on upcycling, meaning that they take vintage, thrifted, other clothing, deconstruct them, then use them as fabric to create new, upgraded NMB original clothing. No piece of NMB clothing looks the same. Each is original, giving every customer their own unique expression. NMB aims to rebrand the idea of upcycling, giving it a fresh edge and luxury feel, whilst making strides towards a fashionably cleaner world and a healthier environment. Reduced waste never looked so good. That was kind of cute. It's like a ad read and a bio all at once. Um, I am really excited to chat with Natalie, and I hope you enjoy. Thank you for being here, Natalie. Thank you for having me, Fiona. I'm so I'm excited. really excited. <laughs> um, so obviously, I want to talk about NMB and just everything about that and um, your experience at Parsons and at Elon and your upbringing and all of those sorts of things. So if you're cool with all of that. Yeah. Okay, Where should cool. we begin? From the very beginning? Well, first, I want to ask because things seem to be blowing up. So I just want to ask how it feels to kind of watch that happen. Like, it, you know, I know it's just the it's beginning, like, but how does that feel? It's kind of wild. Like, I still feel like I'm uh, processing everything because um, I just started like six months ago. Yeah. But it's been, um, I don't know, very rewarding to watch like the hard work that I put in pay off because in the beginning, I could not have told you that it would have progressed the way that it did. I was just very stressed and just really trying to do all that Mm -hmm. I could to be successful and like having long nights and long days. But I mean, it's it's been paying off and it's been really rewarding and I'm still like, I'm still kind of just like kind of starstruck a little bit. I mean, it was literally just two days ago that Ashley Benson posted in your jacket that's huge I know and I was like mom and I'm tagged you too <laughs> I know I was like oh, I like watched her shows like I love her so much you know it was crazy yeah imagine like you watching Pretty Little Liars back in the day imagining that Ashley Benson would be wearing one of your designs I know little Natalie had no clue no, no clue idea. right oh, yeah that's that's exciting I'm really excited for you um <laughs> and then so what in what inspired you to start it I feel like Cameron and I were just talking about how you know, we knew that you were a designer and like wanted to pursue this and went to school for it. But for me, I was just like, oh no, it's happened. Like it's happening right now before our eyes. This is crazy. I know like kind of the same feeling that you had. It kind of came out of nowhere. (laughs) I was, um, I was, I graduated in quarantine. I did my thesis in quarantine. So I had a lot of like a one-on-one time with myself, I guess you can say, and like trying to figure out what this horns You're good, don't worry. Um, trying to figure out like what I wanted to do with my career. Like, did I want to start to work for someone or did I want to do my own thing? And I, I've always wanted to start my own brand. Like I've been talking about it for the longest time. I just didn't know when I'd start it. Um, but obviously jobs were hard to come by because we were in COVID and 
I had all this time that I never would have had before to actually commit to this project of the brand. So I was like, why not start now? Like I have everyone's inside. I have nothing better to do than Mm -hmm. sew clothes and like plan and everything. So that's what really inspired me. And I also started to get kind of like, I'm sure everyone did kind of like down in, in COVID. Cause mm-hmm. I, I started wearing like sweats and like casual clothes, like every day and pajamas. And I realized that like, it kind of had an effect on like my psyche. And like, I started mm-hmm. to not really feel like myself. And I was like, wow, clothing can really impact people in a way that we don't really realize. And so I was like, I want to create like loud, fun, clothing people can feel confident in and just like mm-hmm. feel cool. And also it's like doing good for the environment and like right. they feel good about buying it. So that's awesome. I, yeah, I, I have to say my parka is not nearly as cool as the <laughs> So what would you say is like the aesthetic of your brand for anyone that doesn't know, or like hasn't seen it yet? Um, so I tried to kind of rebrand the idea of upcycling. I, I would say I'm a sustainable streetwear brand. I wanted to make clothing that was good for the environment and um, be as sustainable as possible, but also look cool and people feel confident and they know that they're unique and embrace their individuality because each one of the NMB New York pieces is a one of one. So there's no piece that's exactly the same. So you are fully embracing your individual individual piece when you wear it. That's awesome. Um, I, I do want to hear more about the sustainability and talk about like fast fashion a bit. Um, but before I get too ahead of myself, I do want to hear more about your like origin story, um, a little bit and your growing up in Peachtree city and, and then ending up in a, being a designer in New York and just that progression for you. Um, so I don't, I don't know, have you always wanted to be a designer? I always was very interested in fashion and in arts. I was a very artsy child. Um, I come from like a very like medical political family. So that was like, I was kind of like the black sheep of the family in a Mm -hmm. a good way. But I always never really thought that I could pursue that as a career because like, obviously my parents and all my family are in a very different field. Yeah. And that was like guaranteed to make money and everything. And I was like, I don't know, it's kind of daunting to go into the creative field. Like, you know, yourself as a creative yeah. to kind of totally. go head first into it. But I, I just, as oh, I've always been creative and I, uh, I decided to go to like the liberal arts route for college just because I, um, wanted to like really know that I love design. I was going to major mm-hmm. in art, but I wanted an entrepreneurship minor and then like a dance minor. I wanted to have like the football team, you know, that whole mm-hmm. experience before really committing to design. And then I had internships in uh, all parts of the industry to kind of see if I wanted to pursue it. So I had like fashion production internships, uh, fashion design internships and fashion styling internships with celebrity stylists. And um, in London, New York and LA. And then after doing that, I was like, one, I love New York city out of all the three. And then two, I was like, I really love design. Like that's my fate. Like I have, I like more myself when I do it and it just comes more naturally. And so for my thesis, a collection at Elon, I made it like a clothing based art piece, which is kind of like, I took clothing the jacket, made- right? I know it, which is yeah. like, like foreshadowing my upcycling. Mm-hmm in the, in the future. So yeah, I did that. And then I used that as a piece to get, uh, to apply to Parsons. And then I applied to Parsons for an associate degree and I got in and then I moved to New York. Wow. Okay. <laughs> to unpack a few of those things. Yeah, that was a lot. So, I mean, first of all, congratulations. It's amazing. It blows me away every time I see what you're doing now, but, um, 
so was your family always supportive of this decision did I feel like the internships might have like placated them a bit like made them feel more confident that you were so confident but was that always the case um they were like my mom made I remember when I was like in high school my mom like made me watch this movie called the September issue which like shows all the stress of the fashion design environment okay (laughs) like it's not like all like bubblegum and rose I mean it's like it's very like stressful and you have to commit to it and it's like you have to really love fashion and it's not just like an easy breezy career and I was like I know like I still want to do it but she um yeah she was I'd say she's encouraging but she wanted me to be like realistic and she's like you sure. would you can do it if you think you can really commit to it and like you want to do it but definitely like for a little bit my family was like are she sure like we don't know like is she like she's good but like does she really mm-hmm. do that um but then like when I at, like in school I started getting noticed for like my art and like I was really I like excelled in art and I was really good at it and my mom was like well clearly she has like a little bit of like a talent towards so not like discouraging just a little skeptical a little skeptical like they wanted okay. me to be sure that like my mom says like anything that I do she's supportive of it as long as I'm like put my 100% into it and like I drive to succeed in it yeah I mean that's fair that I feel like I feel like that makes sense I mean that's far better than you know having discouraging parents yeah that's very true like I I support it too because like I think that I honestly have no regrets about doing liberal arts first and then Mm -hmm. going to I mean it is a big commitment yeah and I think I was in like more of a mature headspace to like really do the work to after college than like diving into it yeah thank you um (laughs) (laughs) but yeah yeah that's overwhelming but I'm I'm sure that they are so blown away just as the rest of us are at this point right yeah they really are they're like (laughs) they're like oh "Oh, we know you said you liked it but like you really like it (laughs) yeah I was like I told you I'm good that's so funny Um, yeah but I mean honestly it's been kind of like reassuring for myself too because like in the beginning I was like I have no idea what I'm doing I never had a business before um so I hope this works right it's not like it's not as romantic as maybe it seems from the outside yeah, there's been many a meltdown for sure, but oh. it's it's definitely like been paying off and obviously yeah. like a day at a time. So like yeah. I am learning how to do things literally every day. There's no like handbook. So of course. Um, so to touch on another thing that you mentioned was uh, your dance career. And mm-hmm. I, I know that about you, that that was um, something really meaningful and uh self-defining for such a long time and actually while I was stalking your Facebook page (laughs) I found um something that you must have like either written or at least was quoted on for what seems to be your dance um studio or company growing up and I'm going to read it. If you like. <laughs> <laughs> While dancing at Carla's, I learned routine discipline and the importance of physical health and that practice makes perfect. In the real world, especially being my own boss for my clothing brand, NMB New York, all of these things are very important, especially routine and discipline. The routine of going to dance practice each week, the discipline of putting in the hours, the hard work, actively working to get better, our skills that I Oh, sorry. Our skills that can be applied to achieving your goals outside of dance and in whatever path you take. Fashion design is a field that requires a lot of dedication to the craft. The more you practice and put in the work in dance and in life, the more success you will achieve. Dance has taught me the hard work pays off and with practice, you can get better at anything. 
which just like spoke to me a bit because um, even trying to explain how theater has been such a blessing in terms of like the skill sets I've gotten from it and how transferable those skill sets are it doesn't feel obvious right away and I feel like the same can be true for dance it is so um it does require so much discipline I mean I I didn't dance for a company in the same way but certainly um did it enough to (laughs) learn those skills as well so do you want to talk a little bit more about that yeah, I'm I'm very glad that I had it, even though I didn't pursue it as a career. I think it was a great like building block to just like discipline and like I'm a, a big person of routine now. Like I have to start my day kind of like and or else I like won't get things done. I just need yeah. to be like in a certain routine. I think dance kind of like put me in that mindset and also just um kind of like practice makes perfect. Like I don't really get discouraged if things don't go right the first time. Mm. Like I'm like, it's okay. You can do it. Like it's not perfect all the time. And I think like I had many dance, like I was in, I was a competitive dancer. So I danced from the ages of three to 17. And, um, that was like a really big part of my life. Like I went to practice like almost every day after school and I had a bunch of dance competitions and everything. And, Mm. um, it was just, it was just very like, I don't know. And I kind of put like a little grit into me because I had like a yeah. lot of injuries and I had to overcome like injuries and I had to keep going. And I think that like mindset also just physical health as well. Like I've really put an emphasis on mm-hmm. maintaining that. Cause I think that helps with like a mental state as well. So if I didn't have that, I wouldn't know, I've known those things were like important and transferable into. Yeah. Anywhere. I feel like even like multitasking, you learn how to do that. Yeah. <laughs> dancing true also that was where I actually first got my love of like fashion and costumes because like I sure my favorite part of like the dance competition was like the costumes like you can ask Mm -hmm. anyone I was like my costume will be the best I was like I don't (laughs) answer but I will get best costume award I will and I got best costume award many times did you make your costumes um later I didn't but later down the line when I was like maybe a sophomore junior senior in high school I started making costumes like I opted off my skills opted out my skills and I made costumes for the younger students in the class so they or their moms Amy because actually a lot of the moms um not a lot but like there's a handful of moms that were having a hard time um paying for costumes. So they can be really expensive. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I will charge a small fee. Like I'm no professional by any yeah. means. I will make your child a costume. Like I like doing it. Dance and so- competitions are expensive. So expensive. Like, and I never did it. I never did it for like, um, you know, jazz, modern, any of those, but I did compete in Irish dance growing up. Oh. <laughs> Oh, that's hard. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah. And I did not know that. Yeah. I mean, everything, the costumes, the hair, the, and it's funny, my mom, um, my mom like hates looking at it now because a lot of the Irish dance competitions, all the girls will be spray tanned. And she's like, in what, like, in what world, <laughs> you know, oh, um, but it's expensive. Yeah. The, the appearance is like, yeah. And you like, got to be on point. Yes. Yeah. Like I remember even if, if like one of your socks fell down, you would get points off or something. Like we had like glue for our socks. So weird. Oh my gosh. We didn't do all that. That's wild. Yeah. It's crazy. Part of the scoring is like your, I know, I know. wild. And the fake wigs too. I don't know if you've ever seen the fake wigs and like stuff, but they're big on your head. 
Oh, I, I never, I never wore one of those. I had like a fake hair piece for like a bun. Um, you have like voluminous hair anyways. So I feel like, you'd yeah, but oh my God, they're, they're like, it's confusing to me because they're not that cute either. Like, I don't know, but it's a whole, it's a whole world and it is very expensive. Yeah. And so I just, I felt, I was like, I would love to help. Like, I love doing this and I'm so like novice, but like, I'll give it a shot. And they didn't look terrible. They looked pretty good. And you got to start somewhere. I mean, that must've yeah. been a really good practice. Yeah. And that's where it all began. So what, um, at Elon, what did art entail for you as like a degree? Um, so it was a general art degree. Like I did photography, I did, um, 2d, 3d design, pottery. We did, I did like every realm of the art world. Uh, and then I tried to make my focus like towards my senior, um, sorry, senior, junior year, like design-based. So I started to work, like once you get into your thesis, you can kind of do what's, what you want to do. So I catered it towards clothing and, is clothing art and is fashion art is art fashion like kind of getting into that conversation which is a really hard question to answer and I did not attempt to answer that question I was just kind of <laughs> commenting on it mm-hmm. um, presenting it presenting it but yeah um I just was digging deeper into like the origins of denim and like all the I just mm. was really fascinated by that's um, cool yeah because when I looked back at some of your stuff too it seems as though you were doing a lot of collaborations like in terms of dance and film and all those sorts of things. So I can see how it was like cross, um, what's the word? Like intertwined. Yeah. Just, you know, a lot of different art forms coming together. Yeah. And I think I like also, I think I like pieces that draw attention because of like, I wore costumes all my life. And like, Mm -hmm. I think I just like, you know, beautiful, beautiful pieces of clothing. Yeah. Why not? Why not? <laughs> so who, um, who are your influences like fashion wise? Um, I have, I have a few. Um, I, I don't, but honestly, I, I don't really have, I can't really choose one. Cause I, one of my issues was like, I love cool, creative clothing, but I also wanted them to be sustainable. And I feel like mm. that's kind of a hard combination like rather new as a concept rather new yeah and I think Sammy Miro like vintage is really cool I don't know if you've heard of her she has some really cool like upcycled vintage pieces that she makes which is like great but and they're kind of more like edgy street style and so anytime that I can find like an edgy street street style style is kind of relatively new as well it is yeah and so I just I think like I think sometimes there's in the upcycling world it can be more like patchwork type which is cool. That's definitely a vibe and mm-hmm. it's in, but I wanted something that was unique and different. And if you looked at it, you wouldn't necessarily know that it was sustainable. Like people want it, bought it because they thought it looked cool, but they're right. like, Oh, it's also sustainable. That's awesome. So can you explain upcycling to anyone that doesn't know? Yes. Yeah, so upcycling is taking something that already exists and then transforming it into another product of higher value. So like I, for my brand, I take oftentimes take um, vintage t-shirts and or thrifted t-shirts and I deconstruct them and use them as fabric to create entirely new pieces for my brand. Okay. Thank you. So where do you mostly get your t-shirts? Like um, I go all around. I am well versed. <laughs> you know, where all of the 
yeah. Yeah. yeah all of them it's kind of like fun though because I like people that sort of like know me at this point um yeah. but I go to like many like thrift and vintage stores I'm always looking for new ones to go to but yeah there's a lot there's a lot of places around there's a few in Brooklyn I can show you yeah oh, oh I should come to Brooklyn we're gonna have like a little shopping spree yeah there's a few pretty um, good. yeah but honestly so there was a fact that I came across when I was studying at Parsons uh, I think I was in like my textiles course, something and they were like only 10% of thrifted clothing gets sold. And I, I was, saw that on your website. Yeah. That is why, so I was like, why not just use like yeah. thrift clothing? Cause like, it's just going to sit there. And so that's kind of what inspired me to use t-shirts as a medium. Mm. Um, Cause it's just, it's just crazy. Also it takes like 700 gallons of water just to make a single cotton t-shirt. Whereas using a pre-existing t-shirt to make something new uses like little to no water at all. I, so. I saw that too. And I, after I was looking into that, I found this article um, from the, from the New York times that said how it's titled literally how fast, how fast fashion is destroying the planet. And I just yeah. pulled this quote that said more than 60% of fabric fibers are now synthetics derived from fossil fuels. So if, and when our clothing ends up in a landfill, about 85% of textile waste in the United States goes to landfills or is incinerated, it will mm-hmm. not decay. Yeah. Which something is takes 30 to 40 years to decompose, which that's is like crazy wild. And you don't think about it, but like, no, I don't think about it. Even like today I, um, went to donate some of my clothes at this thrift store that I like and mm-hmm. shop at. Um, and it felt so much it, whenever I donate clothes and shop at thrift stores, I feel like my clothes have a life cycle, you know, whereas yeah when I buy them from Zara or something, I don't know. I don't really think twice about yeah. it. You know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah, and just like, it's affordable and I want to like, I can like, I can I get as much more. I, I, I have the temptation as well. Like it's so bad. I mean, yeah. they really know how to like market to the people that are going to buy it mm-hmm. because, you know, especially for, I think young women who might not be like as financially, stable early on or even are succumbing to like all the trends and how quickly they change it feels like such a great solution just like fast fashion just you know don't tell anyone but it's you know you what you bought from Shein surprise I know I know and it's 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 crazy but I feel like you don't you don't know until you're like really in it because yeah. I really didn't I mean I used to shop at those stores like all the time and I I make a more of a conscious effort to like it is a lot more expensive to buy right. these but I, I'm really intentional about like what I buy and what who I buy it from because I know that's going to one it's going to last longer in the end right and uh two it's just like I, those I just, are always the conversations I feel like my mom and I have had about um you know investing in pieces when you invest in like a good pair of shoes or a good jacket you know that that's a piece that you're going to have for a long time I remember even uh Cameron made me go to Madewell with her to get jeans and I was like I genuinely don't think I've bought jeans in like seven years because I just you know I don't know people will just give them to me when they're over their pairs or whatever and I'll wear one to death like I have a favorite yeah yeah. I will wear to death yeah I mean who likes jean shopping no one one. so you know when she brought me there I was like oh this is expensive but also it's an investment. Like I, I feel good in it. I know I can pull it out whenever I need to, and it'll last me a long time. So yeah, I'm into it. Yeah. 
I'm ready for that stuff. It's kind of so, fun to like look for like unique pieces, even like when thrifting too or like vintage shopping. It's kind of like it's it's more fun because <clears throat> if I find in like an older piece that is like now cool, like it's like yeah. it's like been around the block too, but like it's now still cool. I'm like, this is that is one around. of the main benefits of my family not throwing things away <laughs> because yes, you have you know, such clothes yeah I end up with like these things that I find in my grandma's closet that I'm like oh this is this is in now like this is so convenient for me <laughs> oh right <laughs> yeah so okay just to comment on the fast fashion and trends and things mm-hmm. do you feel like I don't know how do you feel like how do I word this um I saw a TikTok the other day, which is ironic that I even saw it on TikTok, but it was a TikTok about how Gen Z is super like addicted to like this turnover of trends, you know, like things getting old really fast, like within a week, a trend is suddenly out of style. And I feel like that has to have a direct impact on the fashion industry. I mean, that's why it's called fast fashion, but what does that look like from the inside? I think there's a big movement now to slow down fashion because some people don't even participate in fashion week because they think it's too quick to turn over seasons that quickly and they want to kind of go on their own timeline because it, it is really fast. Like even, even for me, like I, I try to work in like small batch drops and it takes a long time for me to make my piece as well. That's why I know if you make a piece quickly, it's not all the time, but oftentimes it's probably not of good quality. And it's just, I'm just trying to slow down the industry just on my end, because I just feel like not everyone is, is buying as quickly. And then things just oftentimes just go either to a sample sale if they have one and, and still if no one buys, it just goes straight to landfill. So I think, um, just, just slowing it down, is good. Cause I think there's sometimes it's like almost too much at one time. Yeah. And, um, it can't be consumed that quickly when the, when the next season hits, it's kind of like, mm, right. Yeah. That, that makes sense. And I feel like there are a few things at play, like there's mm-hmm. social media, which seems to really speed up our sense of time. And also Amazon, maybe mm-hmm. like people are now so accustomed to getting their stuff so quickly, like yeah, next next day shipping, two day shipping. I I feel like it's really having a horrible effect on like small businesses and people that provide quality products, but it just takes like two weeks to get it to you, you know, 10 business days to get it to you. People are not as like accustomed to that anymore. I know. And I find myself like getting, like, I can't like if I'm just sitting in, in my room and it's been like 10 minutes, I'm like, what's on my phone? Like, I just, yeah, can't. yeah. It's like this instant gratification hard. thing. Yeah. Just being like still. And I'm really trying to work on being like still and like patience is something I'm struggling with too. So I'm just like still and patient. So mm. Things <laughs> to work on. No, I think you're doing great. Um, so jumping back into Parsons a little bit, because I do want to hear more about that experience. And I, and I want to hear a bit, what was, ugh, sorry, I can't talk today. Um, and I want to hear a bit more about what it was like graduating in the middle of the pandemic, because I remember you, you know, having to cut and sew fabric from your apartment. And when it first hit, I was like, how is she, how is she going to do all of this without all of the equipment that Parsons offers, you know? 
It was really hard because obviously I'm, I mean, Parsons couldn't have predicted this is going to happen. Like there was no way for them to like prepare us with sewing machines that we could use or whatever. It was just, it was really kind of a, a tough predicament to be in, but there was a lot of people where they didn't have, if you didn't have a sewing machine at home, you couldn't really progress. And then a lot of people like normal people that were in fashion school were taking up sewing as a hobby. So they, there was a sewing machine shortage that people, people oh, were buying no. sewing and then the people that actually needed them oh. didn't have them. And it was kind of hard. So some people had to, it took longer for them to graduate. Like I have friends that just now graduated and it was tough. Luckily, my grandma Uh, gave me a sewing machine when I was really little that I my mom mailed to me and I just used that to make my whole thesis and everything and it was kind of like it's a really wow story for me because my grandma passed during coronavirus and so I was like it was Mm. just so crazy that she gave me that sewing machine that allowed that started this whole like wow in my life and like she passed it was a very like spiritual experience when you're in like when you're by yourself you're just like oh my gosh like it was it, it was tough, but it was um, my sister and I in my apartment by ourselves. And my sister uh, was graduating undergrad in the same time that I was graduating my associate degree. So we were both kind of working on our uh, on our thesis projects simultaneously in our small apartment. And it there was like it was a very like emotionally <laughs> dry yeah. time because you kind of had to do a lot of figuring things out on your own. Like if you had a question, your teacher wasn't as easily accessible as they were and you could zoom them, but it's hard like sewing wise to show someone the issue via zoom. Like it's a very mm-hmm. hands-on process, but it really made me more confident in my ability to sew. Like, I think that's one of the things that kind of pushed me to have the confidence to start my own brand. Cause like, I didn't have a whole lot of help from professors. And I was like, mm-hmm. I made this whole, my, like my first t-shirt puffer jacket. Like I made that all by myself without wow. help my professors. And I was like, I can sew. And like, you know, you can sew when you're like in school, but when you, and, but you always have that kind of like teacher to lean on guiding you. And then I was like, wow, I just, I did that. (laughs) Um, but But that must've been really scary at first. Oh, I was crying. I mean, you like, especially to be in such like a prestigious program and then realizing that that kind of portion is being taken from you because of something completely out of your control, you know? Yeah. And also, so I, I had planned on doing upcycling, but I also didn't have access to thrift stores anymore. So I had to use like what I had and then like, see if there was online, like places available that I can get clothing from. Like it was really hard. And like, I, I had to scramble. I had to have like pull many I'm sure I you still remember the snapchats I sent you like I haven't slept in two days because Mm -hmm. I was literally just sewing nonstop because I had got carpal tunnel I got carpal tunnel there was like I was like my back was like really really sore because I was doing this for my couch in my living room and I had to like hunch over on my sewing machine like an hour time and I was like I'm just trying to graduate like I did not come this far to not graduate and it was a very stressful time like I don't I think all all of my classmates were like very stressed out because we just wanted to, and we were like, we, so one of the big, how big was your class? Um, I, I really, I really don't know, to be honest, it was a smaller group of people because it was an associate degree program. So it's like a post-college, um, program, but I, I had a close group of friends within that program that I would kind of bounce back and forth with, but you're, you typically have like a big 
show at the end of the year to show off your work. And that's how you get hired. And that's how you get jobs. And so we were like, how are we going to get jobs? Are people even going to be wearing high-end fashion anymore? So it was very like daunting to think about. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's the same way um, with theaters. You have a showcase at the end where they invite agents and you might get signed kind of thing. But I mean, I kind of dodged that bullet, but I, I felt bad for my friends who were still in the program or were, were still graduating with the degree without the ability to have a showcase or even what were they going to do? Theaters were closed, you know? Yeah, Broadway was like shut down. Yeah. So I I can imagine the frustration you must have felt or just the anxiety. Like I, yeah. Um, but it must have been good to have your sister with you. I mean, was that? It was good, but we got to know each other a lot better. Um, <laughs> Because like being in New York and she's not in the arts, she's not in the arts. So she she was like, what is happening? (laughs) Sure. Um, So she uh, her dorm was actually being used to house healthcare workers. So they was at NYU. NYU. Yeah. So she moved in with me um, and then my my other roommate were they were home, luckily enough. So she Mm -hmm. could like stay like on her couch and live with live with us. But we were in very close quarters and we really didn't go outside because like New York was very good about staying indoors and like mm-hmm. not you know because it was really bad here right we were in the thick of it and so we there was a lot of times where like we had emotional moments where we were like if you're not happy I'm not happy if we're upset we're going to talk about it you just tell me like we were like very like because are you really feed off of someone's energy and like totally. if having a bad day like I would have a bad day because who else am I going to talk to? I mean, right. I could talk to like you guys and my friends via text and phone call but like but she's- energy is different like, yeah, energy is yeah. different. So I think we we got a lot closer in that period, but it was definitely a very like stressful time at times because like she's trying to finish her school, I'm trying to finish my school. Like we're both like we're both what like were the, what were the chances that both of you ended up in New York? Like, did you foresee that? Like, how did that no. happen? I mean, jo- Peachtree City, Georgia. Like, <laughs> I know we're like small town girls. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, no idea. Like we had visited New York when we were like in Georgia, but like we wanted to go see Broadway shows and like yeah. we had, like dance conventions here and stuff like that. But we never thought about moving to New York. Like I always loved New York and I was like, I will go to New York whenever I can. But I never knew if that was for me. And then just like doing my internships here. And then my yeah. sister actually didn't get into the school she really wanted to go to, but she had NYU next. And like, so she, she went in to NYU. She's like, I, I, she's like, you know what? I think NYU is an amazing school. And then she gets in and she is like miss NYU. Like she has zero regrets, like loves NYU. And I'm like, what are the, my mom is like, what are the, both of my children ended up in New York. That's so funny. (laughs) And what is your, what is she studying? She, uh, she majored in engineering. Okay. So she, uh, she works for a a great company now she's employed, she's doing great things. So it worked out for us. It was a stressful time in quarantine, but it worked out. Oh, good. I'm glad. Um, so, okay. I guess in, in terms of the pandemic as well, Mm -hmm. you finished school Mm -hmm. during it, which we've kind of gone over what those challenges were like, but what kind of challenges did you face starting the brand while the pandemic was still going on? Yeah, I, mean, I should say while it was still, it's still going on, but you know, right in the thick of it, in the thick of it, yeah. Whereas there's a lot of the in the tunnel now, but before it was pretty bleak. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, it was, it it was very interesting. I just, I 
was just thinking about all the time that I had that I really wasn't going to be doing much. And I, I'm a person that likes to stay active and I, I, I'm like a very passionate person. And I like to do, I like to be doing things and like growing, working mm-hmm. on myself, doing whatever I can to just go in an upward direction. And so I, luckily I had like my, I was back home with my parents. So after we were in New York, we both kind of like graduated online, my sister Mm -hmm. and I, um, we came home. And, uh, so I had my mom there, which was like really helpful. And, um, so we were just like looking into things. And then I was looking at attorneys and, and everything. So I had a lot of like zoom meetings with attorneys and like I never spoke to an attorney before in my life so I was like this is very to interesting. do what to like for intellectual property trademarking yeah Trade- trademarking, okay. like all of that stuff and like getting all my ducks in a row and like trying to talk about I how mean, that's that's when it benefits you to have uh political and you know doctor know. type parents because no my mind was I had no yeah no idea yeah. I had no idea what I was doing. So I, um, but yeah, I was very busy. I was like zooming with attorney. I was zooming with, um, with consultants. I was trying to see how much, so I had to basically go through all the costs of everything. If I get zoomed like feasible for me. So like costs of shirts and then cost to have it made and then cost to cut the patterns. So I cut the fiber myself and then I like cost of making the patterns and, um, like, cause I, at the end of the day, you have to factor in like what you're going to pay yourself as well. Like it costs sure. a lot of money, but then like you forget about, oh, I have to pay myself. Right. Um, and there's like, this many is my career. Parts. Yes. Yeah, my career. Right. So there's many parts that go into it. And then it's like, what's your, what's your brand? What's your, what's your voice? What do you want to say? What do you like? So there's many things that I was thinking about, but once I got how, like, how much did you rely on kind of input from others? I feel like once you hear so many suggestions or like polls for different directions, there's a point where you just kind of have to trust your own gut and like go with what yeah. you think, but that must be difficult. It was, there was a lot of like people, um, that were kind yeah. of like, you really want to start a company now? Like, is this the right time to do that? And I was like, yeah, like I'm, I'm pretty confident in my abilities and I think I can do well. And so actually my, um, when I presented my thesis, it got like nominated to be under review from this, I'm looking on the name now, but this, um, high-end company that works with a bunch of like really, or is the label for a bunch of like really famous designers and everything. And mm-hmm. I was like, i never thought that I would get that. And I was like, wow, like my work must be liked by enough people to be nominated for this, uh, yeah. review. And so it's just things like that. And then I started getting, like, I posted the picture of the puffer jacket on Instagram and people were like, this is amazing. This is so like, cause you, I remember you, the first time I saw it, I like sent it to everyone I knew. I was <laughs> like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Thanks girl. Um, yeah. Like I, I think you don't really realize like when you've been working on something for so long, you don't you kind of are like, I've been staring at this for so long. I don't even know if it's good anymore. Like, yeah, I've it's like when you're it, done. It, I feel like it's like when you're staring at a, the same word for so long and you're like, how is this even a word? Like, I'm pretty yes. sure this is not a word anymore. No, exactly like that. So I was like, honestly, I was like, oh my goodness, like it must be good. But I honestly, I was like, I'm just so happy I've, I've graduated and I finished a piece. Like I, that, I, that's where my head was at, but, sure. um, but I, all the positive feedback also kind of like convinced me that like, if I was to put this out there, maybe someone would, would buy it. Um, so that, so that you got that, to work with the more logistical side of things. Yes. So I, I, I was like looking into bookkeeping and 
all like sourcing zippers and how many of these like skill sets or or parts of like the business did you cover in school or were these kind of new did you focus more on the creative aspect in school and had to learn more of the business aspect afterwards I did like I minored entrepreneurship but I think that that was more so based towards a larger company than a small like my I think my business model is unique in that it's very small like I'm predominant member of the business. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think I had to find a new way of doing things. That was also very daunting because I, I had to, not a lot of business models work like I do. Like I do all the fabric cutting myself. I source it all myself. I do like the lot of the stuff I'm doing, I do myself. And there's typically members that do that. It's something, it's something you did have to learn. I did have to learn, but I also feel like you have to kind of embrace your own path because there's no right way to do anything. And like, you never know until you try, like this easily could have not been a sustainable model, but I, I, um, I just worked at it. And like, if I had, if I had an issue or something that wasn't working, I was like, how can I fix this? You just have to be kind of solution oriented instead of just dwelling in, you know, things that don't work. Getting hung up. Yeah. You did um, include this when I asked you what you wanted to talk about. You said, no one knows what they're doing. You just have to start, which I personally agree with. But um, did you feel any kind of imposter syndrome? I mean, suddenly becoming like the CEO of a clothing label, like your own clothing label? (laughs) (laughs) Like, yes, um, I do. Like, honestly, there's moments where I'm like, how am I doing this? Like, I, <laughs> but like also, um, I, it, I honestly, I keep that kind of like mantra in mind that as, as I've been talking to other people in the fashion industry and like people that are like more successful than I am, like no one knew what they were really doing. Like you have some basic guidelines of like, you should probably have bookkeeping and you should probably get a trademark. And like, there's things like that, but there's, there's no like, I was, there's no right way to do things. Um, you just have to do what works best for you and your, uh, your business model. And also no one knows what like in, in, in life, no one really knows what they're doing. There's, there's are no people like, in, are people in the industry or like the mentors you worked with, are they pretty like transparent about that? Because I feel like maybe from an outsider's perspective, at least, fashion can easily have this facade of being put so put together and so like you know they do know exactly what they're doing um but I don't know if that's the case if people share that or not I think it's there there is I think there is kind of like a rose tinted view of like the fashion industry and like being in fashion is so glamorous, but there's also right. a really gritty side that's like people really hustle in the fashion industry. Like, I don't know anyone that isn't working a lot in the fashion. Right. Industry. Like it's a very, um, you have to be committed to, but are like, are people ready to admit that to each other, like in the industry, or is it kind of like you put your best foot forward? I'm succeeding every day type of, you know, at least presentation of how things are I- going. I think there is a presentation of that. I think it's a little bit of both. I think like you see movies like The Devil Wears Prada and she's clearly, there's some grit in that film. Like she's yeah. working for that role. Um, so I think I think it's a mixture of both. I think you have to gracefully work really hard, um, but everyone is working really hard. And I think it's understood that you have to work hard to, to do well. 
Um, but there is a sort of like grace that comes with it. it. Yeah, it is. It is hard, but yeah, it's, it's something that you have to really love. Yeah. Well, I, I love that you, um, also just keep with this mantra of, of no one knows what they're doing. You just have to start because I think that's like universally true throughout most industries. Um, and can get lost the older you get and the more you think that you cannot obtain a certain skill set. Yeah. Also, if you, if you love what you're doing, you kind of forget that, like, if you, I kind of sometimes get so wrapped up in the passion of what I'm doing that I don't really think about the fact that like, I've never done this before. Like I kind of just like you get, I get caught up in it and then more exciting than like scary. Yeah. It's more exciting. Like, I like that there's so many new like aspects that I'm going to explore in the future. And like, projects keep popping up like it's just really it's really exciting well, that's how you know that you're in the right place yeah I think you just yeah. have to dwell on like what you don't know and be solution oriented and just like go go for it you know yeah oh that's awesome <laughs> okay so and I, I just have two more questions but um what do you envision for the future of N- NMB um I would love for it to grow and expand it's still a small child it's only been here for six months but (laughs) I would love love for it to just grow and then I think upcycling there's so many opportunities for creativity and different routes to take so I think just exploring that further um into different pieces and different genres of pieces um and do you want the do you think that the puffer will stay your like staple product I think it is a staple product. It also has kind of like a soft spot with me because that was like my thesis piece that I made that was like the biggest piece that like I made that all on my own. And I think the fact that that's one of the biggest pieces is like really special to me. So I think that would be a staple in the company. Okay, cool. And (laughs) okay, so where can people find you to check out all your products and everything that's going on? Okay, so I have an Instagram. It's at NMB New York. And then um, we have a website, www.nmbnyc.com. Okay, cool. And you have small batches of drops that come out every so often. Yes. Look on our Instagram on our website. We'll announce them um, every couple months. And plug a few. I I, I mean, I know you probably don't want to toot your own horn, but plug a few of the like magazine articles and things that you've been appearing in just so people can check those out too. Oh, so we were, we've been mentioned in um, Harper's Bazaar Japan recently, which is really cool. Um, we were in the Daily Mail with Ashley Benson. We've been in uh, Marie Claire. We've been in, um, I'm like blanking now. We've been in Business Insider, V Magazine, which is really cool. Um, so yeah. And you're some- doing this all yourself. Like this is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we've some good press. <laughs> I'm so impressed. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. I'm, it's it's just a dream come true. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm so happy you had me on. I know me too. Thank you, Natalie. Um, thank you everyone for listening. This has been Thoughtful Intentions. I'm your host, Fiona Winch, and we were joined by Natalie Brown.